You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Welcome, welcome, Grand Rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. And when I tell you that we have a family filled, feel good, fitness Friday up for y'all today, I am so elated because it's all real. All the Fs are in the building and so are all the guests up here in the building. I have a long list for this special day because y'all, it's time to turn up and celebrate life and we will tell you why in just a second. But I gotta say, we got Salty Soul in the building. They are headlining the Madaraka Festival. Y'all have probably seen them all over the globe turning up stages everywhere left and right and making sure that crowd is hype. Y'all are going to want to join them at the Madaraka Festival today at Benaroya Hall. I know I'm going to be there. I'm going to be turning up when I miss on and popping. We also got Faraji Blakeney, my brother from Another Mother with Yoga Behind Bars. He is back to join us once again. It has been a long time since we connected with him. And I'm telling you, he's got some phenomenal work that he's been doing. I'm excited to have him here. We also got Haley Dorch in the building. She's playing Fantine and Les Mis. So y'all know it's on and popping tonight at Fifth Avenue Theater. I'm going to be there too watching Haley get down. I can't wait to tap in with her. And then Cesar Canizales. Y'all know him. Y'all love him. He's been rocking it out with news stories and there is a special family story that he is here to share with us today. He gave you a little teaser last time he was here. So I'm so glad that this story is done. Y'all may have seen clips of it, but we get to dive in with Caesar about that amazing story today. And then Fitness Friday. That's right. I got Dion Body Mechanic back in the building. He's going to be giving us some tips we can all use in our fitness because I'm telling you, he had me worked out this week, y'all. So we're going to talk all about it when Dion comes. And lastly, but definitely not least, I got Jason Samuel Smith in the building from Tapology. Oh, Jason's in the building. They're going to be at Langston Hughes tonight, um, but he's going to give us a little taste of what y'all can expect. So you definitely want to get your tickets for that. Uh, true legend in tap and, and the whole crew, um, y'all will see at Langston tonight. So when I tell you it's turn up time, it is definitely turn up time, but it's also the top of the show. So that means you get the opportunity to tag and share this stream right here. That's right, y'all. Go ahead. Tag and share this stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. And if you cannot watch us, you know we got you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever one is your favorite. I think there's like 200. Y'all be hearing me say this all the time. So many platforms for you to choose from. So choose your favorite. Search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Help us grow here uh, and participate if you cannot watch us and listen to us. Well, of course, I am also excited. When I talk about a family-filled Friday, uh, today is the 
first year that we get to celebrate my dad's life on his birthday when he is no longer in this earthly plane with us. And I want to send a huge shout out to Big O for making this tribute to my father. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. Oh, I... I saw it already, y'all, so my emotion was in private. But, of course, I just want to celebrate my father. We love you, Dad. We miss you, but we know that you are with us. Uh, and I talk to you every day, and you know that. But this is the first year, and we just wanted to make sure, for me, that I really set the tone on this amazing special that we have going on today. Because y'all can imagine, with all the guests we have, we're definitely going to be about an hour long today and it's necessary to bring all of that brilliance to this set right here. Uh, lastly, before I get with Salty Soul, I also want to remind you that we have a special guest coming up, just like this Black Star Power episode today. On Monday, May 29th, Ra Unefer Amen the first is joining me right here on The Day with Trey. Again, legendary, prolific teacher and leader in ancient uh, Egyptian practices around meditation and breathing. And he is releasing a new meditation course. Y'all are going to want to make sure in on Monday, learn all about how this course can benefit you and your health, wealth, and success. I'm so elated again that he has taken time out of his busy schedule to join me here. And shout out to the entire network of folks who have been learning from his teachings over the last 50 years, who have been studying and guiding themselves to understanding their divine nature and bringing it out as examples for all of us to follow. Again, Monday, May 29th. Join me here at 11 a.m. for that special Black Star Power episode with Raul Nefer Amen the first. And now I get to get into the Black Star Power that's in the building right now. Joining me at the top of the show, we got Salty Soul in the building. What's up, y'all? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> well, hey, I just got to say, y'all have been rocking it out on stages all over the place. And Y'all turn up. I mean, that's just, it's it's set. Y'all turn up. I want to start with you. Tell us a little bit about the beginnings. What brought y'all together? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is an inside joke when you ask when that question comes up. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been what? It's been 15 years, I think. Yeah, professionally. Um, and we started in high school. So the other three, apart from myself, are the same high school. And they were in a singing group. And uh, yeah, we I met them right after high school, and that's when we started. And yeah, we are here where we are now. Well, it yeah. takes a lot of dedication to continue on in groups, and sometimes we see, you know, friendships crack under pressure. You know, y'all now have millions of followers and fans all over the globe. Yeah. How has it been to build the fan base uh, in the ways that y'all have? Because now that Afrobeats music is catching on everywhere. Mm. Um, and it, it's it's beyond a wave because mm. honestly, it is impactful music for everyone. But how has it been to really stay connected as friends throughout this process of your growth? Um I would say, first of all, we're just, we're, we're, we're thankful, we're blessed and highly favored. Um, what, what we have managed to build throughout these years, of course, you remember where it is that we came from, how it is that we started, started out with nothing. We were just brothers. We had a vision. 
who had chemistry and just from that the vibe just you know just the, that's the vibe that brought us fans because they could see the they could see the soul through the through through the project through the music you know telling stories of people's lives telling stories of our lives so you know we just took we took our fans through through our journey and through those fans we got other fans blah 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 referrals and all of that so slowly by slowly that yeah that's how we just built just built organically throughout the years and we're we're thankful we're thankful that we're we're favored like that yeah i mean you, you you're so right about that word favor because mm. you know it's partnered with so much dedication mm. uh, to the to the task at hand, to the craft mm. of art, uh, which is what y'all really bring. I want to talk a bit about how you create music, right? You'll have a team here. What does that process look like kind of behind the scenes? Wow. I mean, um, the process of creating music is like cooking with a recipe that doesn't have boundaries. Mm. So we just like throw everything in there. They is never there's never anything wrong to do there's only what feels right at the time and it's beautiful man i think making music together has to be the highlight of our career wow. and um being able to tell people stories also the i think the key ingredient is just being able to put people's stories in the music and for people to be able to see themselves in the art mm-hmm. that's the key ingredient but as long as that is there and there's a willingness to create and there's no ego in the room it's a beautiful thing they're moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, listening to some of y'all's music, it's clear it's about the fun. It is about the hype. I mean, y'all are touching on a wide variety of, you know, contexts and topics through the music, but it's also so engaging for the audience. How has it been as y'all have been on this Madaraka Festival, this USA tour, bringing it, the music to the masses here? Uh, how has it been to receive all that love and energy from the crowds, which have been massive? Yeah, man, like, uh, it's been amazing. This is like, it's going to be, this is going to be our third show. Yeah, we did, um, we've done uh, Atlanta already. We've done Dallas. So Seattle is going to be, we sold out both venues, man. And so I'm so thankful to all our fans across who've been supportive, man. And also like the energy on stage is just amazing. Like it's different. It's different. It's been a while since we played here. So there's a lot of um, nostalgia. There's a lot of uh, love. There's a lot of fans don't want us to leave the stage, man. I remember even the last shoot was crazy like that. So for us, it feels right. It feels uh, so surreal, man. It's it's just a good feeling. That's the highlight of an artist also. Like being able to be on stage and rocking and also like, you know, the energy there. There's a different kind of um, spirit in that room. So I think for us, it's a, it's a cleansing kind of situation. So we are super, super thankful to all our fans, to Madaraka Festival, to every artist who've been uh, uh, cutting raising to play everywhere. All people who've been working on the tour, man, we really appreciate. So thank you. Thank you. Well, it is such a huge effort. And I know uh, Simon is off camera today, but, uh, you know, I've been able to connect with Simon uh, over the last couple of years. And just the dedication of pulling the team together to bring, you know, major artists like yourselves to our area. There's something so unique and special about that. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with Madaraka Festival, the crew and Simon Okello himself. Yeah, man, I am. Um, I think we've known each other for the last time we were in Seattle, actually, he's the one who brought us here. So it's been like, I don't think seven years. Um, and Simon's, I mean, his heart is always in the right place. He's an amazing guy. 
and just he's he's about community. So for him to even pull this off and bring, you know, whole East African community to fellowship together and to do this whole tour across the cities is just fantastic. And we we've been loving it and we love it and yeah, we're with it. We'd do this over and over again. Well, you know, there's something to say about the tenacity to do it over and over again. Because yeah. You give it all every performance. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of people are probably wondering how you keep the energy up from one stage to another. You know, a, a lot of folks uh, in the industry have talked about just the taxing nature of touring. Mm. You know, right? Like you want to give it all for every audience, but you get to that like seventh city, you know, eighth city, mm. you're like, whoo, you know, okay. You know, there's also a lot of like fitness work that's involved because your mm. breath control has to be right yeah. to, in order to rock it out like that. Tell us a mm. bit how y'all balance all of that out and keep the energy lit for everyone that's out there in the crowd. Um, when you when you when you do get on tour or well, when you get on that stage, it's a it's a totally different ballgame altogether because you sometimes it doesn't matter how tired you are or how you're feeling. This just as you said, like when you get on that stage, it's you have to perform it, or it's like something else just comes into you and you're just like nope. I'm going to do it. But at the end of it all, it's the routine is what you do outside of stage, how you eat, how you work out, how you some work out more than others. Um, <laughs> you have <laughs> some you have to you have to keep sane. So the sanity, your mind has to be in the right place, you know, so you 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 have to have your alone time and all of that. But sometimes all that doesn't matter if, if it won't matter if, you know, if when you get when, when you get on that stage still at the end of it all, you could have everything else sorted on the other side. But it's just there's just an energy that comes over you when you get on that stage and you're just like, this is what I was born to do. This we, we we've done this for so many years. We're so good at it. So boom, first song, like boom, you forget yourself. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, something takes over. Mm. You know, a lot of big mainstream artists have talked about that. The something inside, right? Um, but I love how you're talking about this kind of balance, um, which a lot of folks may think doesn't exist at your level at this point, right? You, you know, millions of fans globally. I mean, how you maintain that balance is really key and important. I want to hear, you know, just tell me one thing that you do for yourself uh, to maintain that balance within. <laughs> um, I think it, uh, maintaining balance is about embracing contrast. And when it's moments for, when it, there's moments in life to be loud, there's moments to be quiet, there's moments to sit in, in solace, there's moments to um, be out there, there's moments to have a drink, and just make sure that in whatever moment of season you're in, you really like embrace it. So at all moment, at all times, remember that. It's important to feel everything be and be present mm -hmm. in every moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really key and important. And, and lastly, I mean, I, I got to talk about this because Afrobeats, y'all been doing it. You talked about being in high school, doing it before it was popular. Now it's just taking the world by storm. And so I want to hear from you about how you've really been able to say, you know, we, we knew it was lit before everybody else knew it was lit, right? Like y'all came out, came together, started doing music. Y'all had a vibe already, but now the rest of the world is catching up to you yeah. and i just want to hear your perspective on that that change and that shift kind of in the mindsets of everyone else to finally yeah. understand the brilliance of it yeah man it's 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 beautiful first of all like i remember when we started touring we, we were touring and there was a world music circuit that was really popping like abroad which was really like instrumental in bringing together 
Africans, like bringing together the culture. People were celebrating culture a lot. But over time, now with the with the internet and everything, so there's young people who've grown to be super urban, but also combine that urban nature uh, with the traditional, which is now which which is what Afrobeat is right now. When you listen to uh, the beats, how they've been created. They've just taken old kind of, not old, but traditional beats, but now modernized it. Before, it was mostly uh, in the African festivals that you'd find like um, music being played out outward. But now, man, you walk in the streets, you're in London, man, you can hear an Afrobeat song. Mm -hmm. you're, in a, you're in a taxi in New York, man, you listen to Wizkid, you listen to a Ugandan artist. It's a beautiful thing. And just to see how culture has now transcend, transcended, it's, it's a very, very beautiful thing. And for us also, it's, it's time. We're loud now. Africans are loud now. We're being hard. We're, like, we're being recognized, you know. Black people are, also, are so together. We're even talking about it in the car right now. So I'm going to be proud of this moment. I'm going to say like to my kids, you know, I was instrumental in the growth of Afrobeat globally. So South is all being part of that. Also, it's an honor and thanks to our fans. And shout out to everybody out there who's working so hard to producers that the Nigerians are kicking it. South Africans are putting it out. Sudanese, like it's so amazing. So to all Africans out there who are paving the way and who are creating opportunities like this, even being in this interview, thank you. And it's working, man. It's working. It's yeah. working. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great place to end. But of course, y'all are about to light that stage on fire tonight. I would be remiss if I didn't give you time to look right here in the camera. Let them know how they come out tonight. Watch y'all right here in Seattle. I know mm -hmm. it's going down. Ben Royal Hall starts at 5 p.m. Y'all are going to be rocking it out. Let them know how they tap in with you and also how to follow you on social media if they already are not doing so. <laughs> Well, if you're not following us on social, what are you waiting for? <laughs> um, so you can follow us on our socials. That's at Sauti Soul, S-A-U-T-I-S-O-L. All socials. You can stream our music on all streaming platforms. Tonight is going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. We're going to we're going to give you all energy, music, vibes, and just and just a good time. So come on, show up, and you won't regret it. So yeah, Sauti Soul out. <laughs> Salty, so thank y'all so much for gracing the day with Trey, you know, thank and you for, for really, us. really understanding the value of black impact media. I mean, we are an independent company here and it means the world to have y'all here uh, with me today. And, and shout out to you, Simon, thank for you. making it happen. My brother always there. I just want to take this chance to welcome everybody who's watching, including you, to Kenya. Yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful place and there's room for all of us. That's so right. please. This is a formal invite. I, I'm coming. Yes. I'm coming. Especially you, you invite me. I'm coming back. And so I spent time. I was in Mombasa. Oh. I, so when I tell oh, nice. you, oh, great, great. <laughs> you have a sister here with y'all. I know how beautiful it is. And I am so excited to come back. Y'all will see me soon. I mean that. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Awesome. You guys got it. Oh, my goodness, y'all. We have started off already with a bang. I want to thank Salty Soul for being here. But of course, we got so so much more in store for you. And Faraji Blakeney has been holding it down, doing yoga behind bars. Y'all, he came out and blew it up with so much dedication and love. He's making sure we all know the benefits of yoga. I get to tap in with him right after this short break. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. One. 
in every 500 African Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One in three African American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit redcrossblood.org/ourblood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. COVID-19 are my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in. They talked to our lender and saved our home because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots. And this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. I'm glad you found one. But their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that yeah. you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basie wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. All right. Welcome back. Shout out to our crew for making sure that we are good. <laughs> Cuddy is doing all the things today. Appreciate you for that. But we're going to get back to Faraji here. Um, as I was saying, yoga behind bars. I mean, you have now, I don't know if it's picked up new contracts, but you've been doing more. Just tell us a bit about how it's been growing. Um, the growth of yoga behind bars and my, my service and my stewardship has flourished into a full program at Echo Glen and Green Hill Juvenile uh, Prisons. Wow. They call them schools, but they're not schools. Um, and I go in there every week on Sunday and Mondays. Right now, Green Hill is slated to have 10 young men take yoga teacher training certification so that they can be the embodiment of the practice. Like they can walk out of there with a degree and a certification to teach trauma-informed yoga. And the way that I've been working with DCYF and Yoga Behind Bars, people with that lived experience of the incarceral settings, we're calling ourselves liberated individuals because we weren't at the table for system-impacted justice involved. So we are liberated individuals. These newly liberated individuals, youth, can go back into the youth facilities and teach trauma-informed yoga. Like, who better to do it than the person at the center of the oppression? <laughs> Faraji, I mean, this is... Stop it, Trey. No, this is groundbreaking. Yeah. This is literally groundbreaking. And I remember uh, when we first connected and you talked about how you had such a passion to make an impact and to make sure that yoga is for everyone, right? Yife, right? Yife. Shout out to Yife. And now you have young folks that are becoming practitioners. I mean, I got to ask you about the, the impact that has on you because I know you you had this vision um, of how to allow this to really proliferate, be impactful to so many. Tell us how that's feeling for you because this is huge. 
Yeah, I mean, the way you're so eloquent with your words, it definitely helps me step back a little bit and connect to my very next breath. Like even everyone listening right now, if you could take just a moment to connect to your very next breath. Our breath has been taken from us. It's been three years since George Floyd, right? Breath strangled out of him. Our breath to be the embodiment of wellness strangled out of us. Our breath through education strangled out of us. They want smarts in the classroom instead of creativity. We are creators. And that's what it's been. It's been a, a, a culmination of gratitude that's allowed me to be more creative. And these young people, they see me in there and they say, we want, we want to practice with you. Mm. Not because I'm just like, I've been like the person you got coming on Monday, which I will be tuning in. Not because I've been practicing for 50 years, because I come in as a student of the present moment. I don't come in with a whole agenda. And that's what life has been for me for these 23 months straight home for 23 months after 14 years of oppression. I'm being able to be a student of the present moment in my service. Inside, my practice was about me cultivating and tilling the land of my trauma. But now I just, I serve and I'm tired, Trey. I need a break, but I'm, just, I'm these kids every Sunday, I'm going to be at Green Hill. Every Monday, I'm going to be at Echo Glen. I got a young woman coming home on the third, the day I'll be dancing with my daughter for the first time. Um, and I have two young men that came home in the last two weeks. One did a third of their life from 14 to 21. And one did a fourth of their life from 15 to 20. And they're right in my community, so I show up. Mm. Let's go to poetry. Hey, you want to do some yoga in the group home with me? What's, and that's Yife. Yife has a contract now, my company, with DCYF to teach yoga in a group home that's in my community. And they want me back. Every Sunday, I'm showing up. And I'm grateful, Trey. I have a heart full of gratitude because I get to be free in my breath. And as I got my brother and other sisters still incarcerated, I fight tirelessly. I advocate. I amplify their voice. This chain is not for jewelry. This is the Black Prisoners Caucus community group. I'm not, that's my. That's us too. We're fighting for liberation. It's ARC, amplification and advocacy for the incarcerated reintegration and resource uh, support for when they come home and see is community court support. We have to show up because they're not going to keep sentencing, sentencing us to these inhumane sentences anymore. We're not. We got a voice now and speak up. Black folks, brown folks, speak up. Don't let them silence you anymore. I will never be silenced again. I have something to say. And when I say it, I'm speaking for thousands of us. Wow, Faraji. I mean, th this is this is powerful because we talk about liberation movements all the time, but as we know, so much of that is in the mind. And you're talking about connecting to the breath, which yes, Raunefra Amen the first will definitely be giving us some really great insight on that. And it's amazing to know that young people are beginning to get connected to these practices that honestly our ancestors knew about and practice every single day. Intuitive. Yeah. And you know, right. And so, I mean, as you're talking about young folks learning and growing, I want to hear about some of the ways that you've been able to see some changes 
as you've been out there in making this level of impact in these institutions um, and in these shelters. You know, tell us about how that impact has really been uh, affecting the folks that you're connecting with. Yeah, the impact. I don't think I could really step back far enough to see the magnitude of the impact, especially with the Black Prisoners Caucus and how many of us are free, liberated individuals and the work that we do. We're in collective justice. We're in uh, Washington Innocence Project, Community Passageways, Freedom Project, Yoga Behind Bars, Yoga Beyond Bars. We're everywhere. So I, I try to step back and see that. But the impact of connecting to our breath and our yoga practice or whatever practice we want to label it. I see these young individuals that I teach and they said, I get to do something that they can't take from me. They say that. Then they say, you know what? I didn't know how I was reacting and why my shoulders were always aching until after you dropped me down in Soundbowl Shavasana and I was able to rest. Rest is ours too. Rest should be part of our work. So there's many impactful things coming out of my stewardship because I'm not a guru. I'm not a teacher. I'm a liberated yogi. I don't I, like, I may do things that some people deem unworthy of yoga ship, but however, the impact is showing up as the embodiment of someone self-aware. I'm capable. I'm capable of doing good and bad, mm. but I'm just choosing to be a student so I can learn because if we, refuse to learn. We're going to get left behind. We're going to do not the best practices and stewardship of these young folks that were impacted. They're watching us. Yeah. Absolutely. Be the embodiment. Well, Faraji, I, I just can't thank you enough for taking time to join me today. And as you grow in this practice, and as you said, forever a student, I love that because you're so right. We got to be willing to adapt and grow and change as we morph into the people we're here to become and be, um, particularly when we're talking and touching with our community in the ways that you are. Um, as folks are, are learning about this, I got to give you time. Look right there in that camera. Let them know how they connect with you and support the work you're doing. Support the work, please. Uh, Bhakti Tribe, B-H-A-K-T-I-T-R-I-B-E. You can find me on social media that way. Yogabehindbars.org. You can find me that way. And also for Black and Brown folks, if you want to go to the mountains and relax in some hot springs in August, I got a retreat coming. So contact me. I'll give you the info for the retreat, a wellness retreat. You'll be leaving with a certification of Reiki. It's in Oregon. So if you're in this Northwest region, we're going to figure out how to, get, how to get you down there and be a part of this wellness. Wow. Faraji, you're phenomenal. You're doing so many great things. Thank you so much for not just using this practice for yourself, but for bringing it out for the masses. I am really forever grateful to you, brother. Much love. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. When I tell you just how heartwarming that was for me, I mean it. And I know it was inspiring and impactful for all of y'all. Of course, we get to continue all of the amazing inspiration right after this short break. I have Haley joining me. We're going to be talking about her role in Les Mis. Y'all know I'm a theater kid, so I can't wait to tap in with her. Stay tuned after this short break, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. Of course, 
I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now on this amazing family field and feel good and fitness Friday is Haley Dorge. What's up, Haley? Oh, you know, just here in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? You are here in Seattle for a very good reason, because you can't almost go to any part of the world and people don't know about Les Mis. I mean, this is a huge production here. Tell us a bit about your beginnings that got you on stages now, you know, performing as Fantine. Well, it's actually so funny. So um, I am currently still enrolled as a college student, uh, now a senior at the University of Michigan. And um, I was auditioning for Summer Stock Theater, which is where you go off and you do shows for the summer, do a little contract, do a little ditty, a little song and a dance. And um, as I was auditioning, I was looking at Playbill.com and I saw they were having an open call for equity actors for Les Mis. And I said, you know, the worst they can do is say no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they didn't say no. So, (laughs) you know, it worked out. (laughs) Wow. I mean, this is, uh, you know... For me, I'm just loving how theater is really hitting this wave of we need more diversity on stage. And it's not just about for theater houses like Fifth Ave, because they really have been intentional about their approach to this. But it's also the idea is that so many are attending these shows and get to see themselves reflected in the characters. And you're playing an iconic character here. I mean, tell us how this character is resonating with you and how it feels for you to be an amazing woman of the global majority playing this this kind of iconic character. I mean, it is so incredibly humbling and I'm so grateful to be able to be the one to do it. Um, I, I tell this story often. I sang I Dreamed a Dream for my sixth grade talent show um, audition. I didn't make the talent show, funnily. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I it was like, cool, you know, this is something I can sing here and there, but it's not something I ever see myself doing on stage. Um, This isn't for a person who looks like me or a person like me with my experience. And um, it is insane that it is what I'm doing now. And I get to say there are kids who will come to see the show, be in the audience and see the representation that we have on stage in this production and be able to say, oh, I can do that. You know, this, this field, this work is a place for me as well. Well, I, I got to tell you that th- that for me is everything, because um, as someone who just loved theater from like the age of nine, um, I was like, you know what? I can do it, too. And it was because I saw an amazing performer who looked like me, Felicia V. Loud. She knows Um uh, you know, I saw her as a young person and I was like, oh my gosh, she's phenomenal. And so there's something so key about that uh, for folks that are out there in the audience. Now, you know, this is tonight, it's going down at Fifth Avenue Theater, um, but this is one of those shows that so many people come to the show with all these preconceived notions. And so I just got to ask you about that in terms of audience uh, reception, because they may think that they're used to all of this, However, it's done a bit different, right? Oh, it's tremendously different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard because you want to honor the people that have done it before. You know, the, but there are a lot of people who come to see the show who expect to walk in and see their their Patty Lapone and and see the people who have done these roles before, the Anne Hathaway. Mm. You know, um, and so you want to honor those performances, but also bring your raw and most honest self to what you have to offer to the role. I mean, it was incredibly hard leaping into this production because there's a lot of imposter syndrome going on Mm. as there is in many aspects of life. 
And I thought, you know, I don't know how I'm supposed to, to make this my own unique version or share my experience the way I want to share it. But, you know, when you're just being honest and you're just being yourself, it comes authentically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'm, I'm grateful to you and the Fifth Avenue Theater for knowing that, you know, this was a show that Seattle was going to embrace fully. And I'm excited to see you tonight. Of course, uh, it is going down. Show's happening now. It's uh, got a good run. Um, but tell us so right there, how do people connect with you? I know you're on social media looking yes. beautiful, um, but also, you know, how do they come out and support the show tonight? So you can get uh, tickets at the box office, box office, or you can go online at fifthavenue.org. That's the number five, five th avenue.org. You can find us on social media at Les Mis US or Les Mis Official. Um, I personally, my Instagram is Haley Dorch. Simple, plain, easy, but please come out and support us. We are running at the Fifth Avenue Theater until June 17th. Oh, Haley, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to see you tonight. Yes, it's going to be fun. <laughs> right on. <laughs> oh, y'all, we are going to continue. Uh, my dear friend, Cesar Carnazales is in the building. He's going to be giving us an amazing story. He gave us a little bit of a teaser, but now it is done. And I cannot wait to hear all of the details with him right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey holiday joining me right now is caesar Canizales. what's up caesar hey how are you doing how you doing uh you know what i'm good and you know you gave us a little bit of a teaser the last time we were here about this family in renton whose land was taken from them uh i'll let you take it away tell us how this story shaped up because i think we just got the the tip of the iceberg when yeah you we were got here last. a bit, bit of the headlines yeah. on the story you know this uh it's about the houston family it's a story that you know, you would expect to see it in the Deep South, not here in the mm -hmm. Pacific Northwest in Seattle. It happened way back in the 60s. The Houston family, I spent some time with uh, the two brothers are 69 and 73 now. Uh, their parents moved here from Louisiana. Their father basically got run off from Louisiana. He supposedly had disrespected a, a white woman, super dangerous in those mm -hmm. times in the, in the 1940s. Anyway, he moved up here in the 50s. Uh, he brought his wife over. In 1953, they bought land, 10 acres, basically swampy land, um, just outside of Renton in unincorporated King County. Um, you know, they lived off the land. They, they raised pigs and cows and chickens. They grew some vegetables. They grew, they, they grew strawberries, things like that. They, um, they basically lived off the land. That's what provided their food and their income, just, you know, basically their livelihood. Um, so they lived on off there at the time, um, you know, they, uh, the population in Renton was growing, mm. uh, you know, because of Boeing was growing and things like that. So the school district began looking at land, um, in the area to expand the Renton school district. So they targeted the Houston land, the 10 acres of swampy land. It was red line. Mm. So it was cheap, you know, and that, at that time, black people couldn't buy just anywhere. You know, they had to like, they, they gave them the, all the, the, the swampy lands, the, the lands that nobody wanted. So, but that's the, that's what the, the school district chose. It was cheap. Mm. Um, you know, this is how James Houston put the story of, of how it went. And so if we want to roll the first soundbite with James Houston. Mm.
I'm 69 years old, I have leukemia, I'm legally blind. They start coming at, at my mom and dad about our property and saying they needed our property to build a school. And when my mom and dad said, no, that this is how we live and make our live and we live off this land, we need your, your property. And then they, you know, they said no. So in 1965, the, the school board, they passed a resolution to take the land through eminent domain. You know, that's like the, the supposedly legal way that the government can take your land if they supposedly need it. Um, the school district never, never built the school. Right. They, they say that uh, Boeing stopped growing and the population stopped growing, so they didn't need the school, but they kept the land. Um, they bought 10 acres from the Houstons. They forced them to sell, you know, basically said, you sell it, either you sell it or we take it away from you through eminent domain. You know, the father had a third grade education, the mother, seventh grade. He couldn't even read or write. He signed all the documents with an X. Imagine that. That's, that's how poorly educated he was. But they had land, you know, and they, that's how they lived off the land. Um, they continued to pressure the parents. You know, here's James Houston. Um, talking about how they came back to them in the second sound bites. And then here they come back again. We want your property. We could force you to sell it, you know? And that's where my mom and dad was first told about this eminent domain and stuff. They didn't know what that meant. They, you know, they didn't know anything. We're seventh grade education, mom, third grade education from my dad from the South. You know, one, one thing to explain here as well is that racial tensions at the time were rising. Mm -hmm. uh, their house burnt down um, in around 1965 or 66. Um, arson was suspected. Uh, John Houston, one, the other brother, uh, he he saw the fire. He, his friend Jerry Evans was also there. They saw the fire. The Jerry Evans's father talked to the firefighters at the time, who told him, "Yeah, it looks like arson." In 1967 or 1968, their house was bombed. Like uh, somebody put a bomb in, on the porch. You know, James Houston remembers that he was there. He saw it. He saw like the whole. His father was almost killed by it. I checked with the King County Sheriff's Department to see if they had any records of it. And they told me that because it, there were no deaths or injuries, uh, the records wouldn't have been kept for more than eight to 10 years. So there's no, there's no record of that. But James remembers it. John Houston remembers it. They remember it very, very well. Um, so the Renton School District, they didn't build a school. They kept the land. They had bought the 10 acres from the Houstons and 10, other, 10 additional acres for $92,000. In 1980, they sold the land to developers for 192000 $186,000, sorry, $186,000, more than double oh what they had God. paid. They sold it to developers. Developers, you know, they built a bunch of houses. There's probably a couple hundred houses there now. Uh, you know, they're paying millions. They've been paying millions in tax dollars since then for 40 years, all those houses, all those homeowners. Obviously, the homeowners don't know any of this history. They, they, you know, they pay their taxes. They own the land. But you know, here's um, uh, John Houston. Here's how he how he put it. 
I'm 69 years old. I have leukemia. I'm legally blind. Um, I still work. I own a small business. Um, and I, I, I shouldn't be working. My mom shouldn't have died penniless. Yeah, I mean, Caesar, this is this is just heartbreaking because we have, you know, a, a story here that unfortunately isn't an anomaly. I mean, when you talk about eminent domain and, you know, folks coming in to to practically steal land, really. Right. I mean, uh, it's it's a it's beyond unfortunate. I mean, what is the school district saying now at this point? You know, I asked them if they if the family deserves any kind of compensation or apology, and they basically brushed it off. They just said, you know, we have given them the documentation of what happened, how the sale went down, why the school wasn't built. But basically, they it seems to me that they don't feel like there's any kind of apology needed or any kind of compensation. You know, I also I requested an interview with a superintendent, Dr. Damien Padenaud. Um, who apparently knew the family way back when mm. uh, they were friends, like their, their their parents were friends and things like that. Um, they declined the interview. The spokesperson, I also asked them, hey, do they do you think that the district should have paid some kind of like profit sharing? Because they made double the money yeah. from the from the original purchase of the property. And they said it was a legal sale, you know, and that's 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 that. So the two brothers have been going to the school board meetings, uh, monthly school uh, board meetings, you know, talking about what happened to them and basically demanding some kind of action. Uh, right now, the, the, there doesn't seem to be anything going on with them. Uh, like the school district is not budging. A few years ago, John Houston told me that they offered him to name a school in the district. And, you know, it's, it's a, kind of a, here, you, you, you know, we know we made you poor, you know, they lost generational wealth. You know, we always talk about generational wealth and the wealth gap and things like that. Um, this family was set, you know, that they had the land, they were going to pass it on to their children, their grandchildren and so on. And they lost it. Mm. You know, that's, you, you heard John Houston, their mother died penniless. Wow. You know, she worked two jobs, you know, she died in 1998. I mean, they split up the family, the two brothers, um, the Two brothers and their sister, you know, they, they became addicts uh, because, you know, they, the, fa the father was gone. The family was working multiple jobs. They had no guidance and, you know, they succumbed to drugs, unfortunately. But they're, they're, they're all recovered. Mm -hmm. um, they're still working, you know. John Houston's still working, but he shouldn't be. He's got leukemia. He's, got, he's partially blind. So I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, I spoke to Joseph Todd with the Washington Commission on African-American Affairs. and asked them, you know, what can be done about this? What could the school district do? Because they all claim that they don't have any money and things like that. And he said, you know, the school district has land. They have land all over the place that they, they could take some of the land, put it in one of their names in a trust. And then the family, that, that person can do whatever they want with it. You know, they can sell it. They can lease it. They can do whatever. But at least make make it up to them because this this family, you know, they're they're poor. They sh it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And you know, it's one additional thing that Joseph Todd tell, told me, and which we see all over the place, that eminent domain they don't go after the rich people or the nice areas. They go where the the people are poorly poorly educated. They're poor. They can't afford lawyers. They don't know what to do. You know, like eminent domain. 
who knows what that is, you know, for a lot of, uh, a lot of people who are poorly educated, they don't know that they, that they're, that they can take actions, you know, they can mm-hmm. go to the legal, they, they don't go to Bellevue, they don't go to Medina or yeah. anything like that, you know, they go to these areas where they know that they're, it's going to be the easiest path. Yeah, it's such a predatory practice and historically has been in our country. And we know the communities of the global majority have been the targets most often when it Mm -hmm. comes to eminent domain um, and using that as a, you know, reason for taking land. Uh, We've seen it over and over again. So the patterns are there, uh, you know, and this is, you know, this story, although it's disheartening, it's so great that we understand this is happening. Um, This happened back then and there still is no recourse. This family hasn't been able to be remediated, right? The, The past harms have not been repaired. That is for me, how we say, you know, this is why so many folks are still fighting for reparations to this day, because we see these kinds of actions that are done by a school district, nonetheless, uh, right? And still, there's no care, even though they're supposed to have care for Mm -hmm. students. Where was the care for the Houston family? I mean, this is a tough one, Caesar. but I thank you for for covering this story. Mm -hmm. Of course, I know you'll probably be the one to give us any updates if they do get any type of leeway. Um, You know, it sounds like the school district has some land. Maybe they can give them something for what they took from them. Caesar, as always, you, you cover such great stories. Thank you for covering this one and for bringing it to light for us. Let them know how they can catch up with all the stories you have coming out mm-hmm. in the future. Well, all my stories, you know, they go on, on on Converge, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So you can see the stories that I have on there. Otherwise, you know, I'm on C Canizales 25 on Instagram. So right on Caesar, as always, thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Trey. Wow. What a story there. I mean, here we are. We have another family who needs some type of healing, y'all. And it's unfortunate, but I'm still feeling good. And this is another reason why this is a family filled Friday, because the Houston's deserve some action. I'm glad that we have Caesar on it. So as updates come out, maybe we can hear a positive spin on this uh, while they're still living and breathing. And it doesn't take decades for Renton School District to make this right. Well, after this break, y'all, I get to tap in with Dion Body Mechanic Abdullah. He is back in the building for another Fitness Friday, y'all. He's going to be telling us about some tips that we can all use to keep our fitness intact. Stay tuned right after this short break. You're watching the David. Welcome back, everyone, to the day. Oh, is it me? Okay, let's <laughs> making sure. Oh, welcome back, everyone. I was sitting there looking at my father. Oh, so beautiful. Uh, but it's also great to be in the studio once again with this trainer who has my body. Uh, I'm exhausted, but we also get some massage in there. Dion, body mechanic, Abdullah. What's up, Dion? Yes, what's going on? Good to be here again, Trey. Yes, yes. great to be with you again. And I got to start it off because mm-hmm. we've been talking about some type of package deal. Right. And Holistic Coalition Northwest came through. We got a flyer up. Now people can actually utilize trade day as a discount. Let's put the Holistic Coalition flyer up so folks know that y'all can also be getting it in with Holistic Coalition. They have fitness. 
They have training, personal training. They have massage therapy. I mean, it is a whole uh, shebang. And it says that you can get your first consultation for free. free. Make sure y'all use that code. Go to Holistic Coalition NW.com and get your fitness package today. Thank you for making that happen, Dion. Yes. Shout out to the Holistic <laughs> Coalition team. I know Karita's on point, but you know, you, you wanted to come today and tell us about some other things we need to be mindful yes. of. Take it away, Dion. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, topic of the day, besides that trade day special, please get on that. Four sessions of fitness training followed by one session of massage a week. Uh, amazing revolutionary transformation deal. Um, but on the tip that I want to discuss today is about posture, right? Um, your body holds its energy in its way in a certain fashion that's optimal for your functional existence. So with that being said, posture is everything. Posture in the gym, posture outside of life. And really, how does your posture really impact your health? And the answer to that is very significantly, a lot more than you may think, a lot more than you may think. Um, so just to kind of dive in on that, let's talk about once you're in the gym, right? Everybody goes to the gym and now you're there, right? We have all these wonderful machines, all these wonderful modalities and devices, and you're looking at where to start, right? Where, but where everybody should start is with normal body movements as far as going through your full range of motion, because the bottom line is you want to have maximum range of motion and you want to make sure that your body is in line. Now, what does that really mean? So what that means is I like to call upon just a few points, right? I like to call upon the feet, the knees, the hips, the spine, which is also the core, and the shoulders and the head, right? Mm -hmm. We want to be focused of these, uh, of, of these few uh, points, not only in the gym, but outside the gym as well, because that is leading to muscle imbalances, certain adhesions, chronic pain, muscle pattern development delays, all that is happening due to posture. And just being cognizant of those type of things will help you not only know exactly what to stretch, but also what to work out and how to keep that body in functional performance at all times. Well, yeah, you know, I, this week you were talking to me about my foot. So my my right foot has a tendency to go out and I, I wasn't aware of it. I, you know, was just fine walking, thinking it's normal. Mm -hmm. But now I am trying to be more cognizant of my foot movement and making sure that it is in alignment. So that is something that you said is affecting other parts Absolutely. and, and people don't even really know. So sometimes it really, they need an expert to kind of come in and be able to showcase to them, Hey, here's where you're a little bit off of alignment and it's affecting these other parts of your body. That's key. But you also share that people who are driving all the time, which I am all the time, yes. taking meeting after meeting in my car yes. from a one point of the highway to another, there's also some things that we can do to stretch those areas and try to correct that balance. Tell us more about it. Okay, so let's go over a few rules and you listen to these rules and these will always balance out your body, okay? Rule number one, if it's short, it needs to be stretched. Rule number two, if it's long, it needs to be strengthened, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, what do I mean by all that? Now, our daily lives put us in certain type of postures. Good example with driving. When we're driving, hip flexors, the hip and the abdomen are tight. 
we are in a flexion position, right? If we're at a keyboard, like a lot of people are, our internal rotation of our shoulders and our chest is tight. You know what I mean? Our head is down. Our net flexors are tight. So in theory, your front body in general, just from our modern life, needs to be stretched out. So what does that mean? More lunge work, more um, external rotation to really stretch these muscle fibers out in the chest, more neck extension to really stretch out the flexion muscles that are really tight here. So the same exact thing is going to be in the reverse. We're right here. That means my back muscles are long, right? I'm right here sitting. My glute muscles are long. So what does that mean? It means to strengthen, right? So good donkey kicks to strengthen that glute. Good pull workouts to really strengthen that uh, that uh, upper back. Of course, uh, bend workouts help strengthen that lower back. That's going to help balance out the body and kind of redistribute those pull lines to be more functional and ultimately provide more pain relief and more functionality. Well, you know, I, this right here, I think is a game changer, honestly, because you're right. Just the way that we are naturally in our lives causes some of these imbalances in our muscles and our bodies. And without folks like you coming on to tell us about it every Friday, Dion, I don't know where we would be. Uh, so I thank you for bringing this to light. I think it's important that, you know, folks find the way to do it, right? You know, yes. and, and start incrementally, right? Like, you, I mean, you said this to me too, like, hey, start with uh, just being mindful of it. All right, as, as like for me, as I'm walking now, I need to be mindful of this right foot mm -hmm. and bringing it in a little bit. Or, or like you said, I drive a lot now. When I get out the car, I could do a little stretch. You know, when I'm at the gas station, my gas is pumping, let me do a little stretch. It's, it's really the ways that we can simplify it. Dion, I, I can't thank you enough. Your expertise <laughs> is abounding. Uh, of course, if folks want to tap in, if they want to use that trade day special, look Please. right there, let them know how to stay connected to Holistic Coalition. Yes. Once again, uh, if it's short, go ahead and stretch it. If it's long, go ahead and strengthen it. And once again, you can find me all the time here at, uh, at uh, Fitness Fridays. Please hit that trade day special. It is an amazing package. Deb's going to get you that body transformation that you need. If you want any more information on that, go to info at holisticnw.com. You can also find us at the Black Wall Street event coming up this Monday um, on 23rd and Jackson from 1 to 7. We're going to be folding people up, getting those people those good old pressure points relieved. So please come out and see Holistic College from there. Um, behind Bars Yoga, I'm want to tap in with y'all a lot of these health professionals please uh reach out to all of us um everybody's doing great work here i appreciate it um trey as always thank you that's all i got no look <laughs> D -D hey thank you and you are so right man black wall street this monday i told folks watch my show first and then hit jackson street so y'all can get some of the amazing benefits that holistic coalition is bringing out to the community as always dion thank you so much thank you oh my goodness y'all we're gonna end on a high high note because we got jason samuel smith from tapology in the building he's gonna give us a little taste of what y'all can expect at tonight's show right there at langston at 7 p.m y'all stay tuned because we're closing out with a bank <laughs> right after this short break you're watching the day with trey get to it but i will say this jason samuel smith is in the building uh uh right here if you want to well you know what just come right over here because we're in this camera right here sorry y'all they're fixing the whole studio set for us so we're moving on some improv improvisation right here but just real quickly how long you been tapping Oh, wow. Uh, 
coming up on 40, close to 40 years. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I started uh, as a child and I come from a dance family. Both of my parents um, are dancers and also musicians. So we, you know, this is just kind of a part of my upbringing. Oh my gosh. Well, you gave us a little taste of what we can expect, but you know, this is something where folks would say, man, is TAP still alive? Tell us about that because TAPology has yeah. been around for a long time. Just yes. tell us. So TAPology is the organization that brought the show um, to Seattle that I'm participating in. And uh, they have been around for over 20 years themselves, um, really elevating and educating the community of Flint, Michigan, <clears throat> but really bringing the whole world of TAP to Michigan to help educate that community. But to remind people that we're still here. You know, um, I've, I've been lucky enough to meet uh, some of my heroes in TAP, people like Gregory Hines, Savion Glover was one of my teachers, wow. the Nicholas brothers. Uh, you know, I got to hire them for some of my, my work. So to be able to be around some of the, the, the legends and the elders of the community, and to also see that young people are interested. I mean, I meet people all around the world that are in love with TAP. Oh, so my we goodness. We here. And, you know, you brought you brought your entire brought floor. That's right. You about to turn it up. That's I will right. take that mic from you. Hey, y'all. This is a treat for us here on the day with Trey. I got to get out the way so Jason can do his thing. Uh -huh. Check him out. Good job. Eva. I am beyond elated. Folks can come and see Jason and the whole crew tonight right there at Langston Hughes, 7 p.m. Y'all don't want to miss that because just for a minute, he just put the whole floor on fire right here for all of us. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jason. And thank all of y'all for joining me and celebrating my father on the day with Trey 
Friday special today, Black Star Power filled episode from top to bottom. I'm so grateful to the audience. And of course, because it's Friday, those reminders are real. On Monday, join me at 11 a.m. for Ra'u Nefer Amen, the first, giving us some history 50 years of meditation and breathing practices coming your way. Also, join us up there on Jackson after you see my show, 1 to 7 p.m., Black Wall Street, tons of vendors flooding the street. Come and have a great time again. Learn some history and let's support some Black businesses. Woo! I was totally inspired by all my guests. Huge shout out to Salty Soul, to Faraji Blakeney, to Haley Dorch, to Cesar Canazales, Dion Body Mechanic Abdullah, and Jason Samuel Smith. Y'all, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for watching and for me. Until Monday, y'all, at 11 a.m. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.